You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. So today I have Genesis Amaris Kemp on the line, and she is a visionary life coach, motivational speaker and author, a firecracker and mindset hacker, a force to be reckoned with. Genesis is a woman that empowers others to speak up for themselves. Yes, it may be challenging. Yes, it may hurt. But in the long run, she desires to encourage others to help those who may not have a a voice. Thank you so much, Genesis, for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Tiff. I'm super excited to chat with you. Um, You know, we've been chatting quite a bit back and forth. So um, get ready for the laughs, (laughs) y'all. Yes, we have had a couple of conversations already. And the whole time, I mean, Genesis is over there crying, laughing. (laughs) I'm being so serious. Um, But anyway, um, I wanted to just jump right into knowing your why, because I feel like that is a lot of where people get hung up on this journey of life. Um, They just don't know where they're going or why they're going there. So what are some um, things you can tell us about knowing your why? So whenever I talk about knowing your why, I first like to start with the end in mind and reverse engineering, meaning where, where do you want to go and how do you want your life to look like? If you were at the end of your road, can you say that you accomplished everything that you were placed here on earth to do? So one of the um, tips that I like to say is know what your purpose is and is your purpose tied to your mission? And is that mission tied to who God created you to be or whoever the universe, because there may be some some of you that are non-religious Then once you have clarity and focus on that, you can really own in and solidify your why, because your why is going to be your derivative that drives you. And it's going to be the vehicle to help you navigate through life. Um, Another exercise that I like to do with some of my clients is the obituary exercise. If you were to write your own obituary, what would you want your obituary to read like? Those are the things that you've done what you've accomplished, how you've left an imprint, how did that imprint make an impact? All of that is tied to your why. So if you know the end and you can reverse engineer it to where you are, then you're going to be able to walk out those actions and you're gonna be in the driver's seat versus the passenger seat. So what are some of my whys? Some of my whys are to be a good wife, be a good mother, Be a good um, person in society. I want to leave an impact and help people who are struggling with cancer because I've had people in my family that have cancer. One of my initiatives is diabetes awareness, making sure people are aware of diabetes, the different types, type one, type two. Also knowing that you can reverse diabetes. Why? My father had diabetes and my dad was one of my best friends. And, you know, now that he's not here with me, what can I do to continue on his legacy and spread awareness to the community, especially Uh, my community, the black and brown community, but also outside communities, because anyone could have diabetes. It does not discriminate. 
Um, another part of my why is, you know, serving leadership. How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus? How can I take the gifts and talents that have been placed inside of me and exercise that fully? Mm, mm, that is so deep. And, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned and I'm sorry to hear about your dad, but I'm glad that you mentioned that story, because when I tell people when you're thinking about your why, make sure it's something that sparks something in you, um, like it sparks an emotion, because that's when you know that it's something that you're definitely going to stick with. So to give people more examples, <clears throat> one of my whys is, you know, <laughs> I look around and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like no. Nobody knows anything about money. And it's I feel like personally, it's up to me to spread financial literacy. And even on days when I'm like, oh, I really don't feel like getting up. Like, I just want to sleep all day. Like, I don't even want to do anything. I might get a text. I might get a phone call. I might get a message on social media like, oh, my gosh, Tiffany, this resource helped me or what have you. And I'm like, OK, boom, that's exactly why I do what I do. And I get up and I and I get it done. So I would just want to emphasize that, like, make sure that your why has something um, intrinsic motivation, not just extrinsic motivation, because as you may can attest, you know, when you focus on extrinsic stuff, um, that can kind of waver and that can kind of go away. But when it's something within you, um, it it's makes things way more easier to stick to. Absolutely. It's tied to your core values, your purpose. And those characteristics, that's what fuels the why. So like if you don't have that relationship, then you're easily going to be swayed by what your family wants you to do, what your friends or, you know, what the world wants you to be. So I tell people you're either going to be a victor or you're going to be a victim. Mm, mm. Hold on. <laughs> let me let me just say that soundbite one more time. You're either going to be a victor or you're going to be a victim. Um, I feel like mm, and I've talked about this a little bit, but I feel like life isn't what happens to you. It's really just how you react. And a matter of fact, I don't even say life happens to me. I say life happens for me. For me. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, everything that you go through, it's either a blessing or a lesson. Um, it's never, for me, it's never a negative. Um, it's always a positive. And that's kind of how I spend that thought process. But speaking of, this kind of segue right into my next topic, which is, when we make mistakes, like, like, well, first of all, what are your thoughts about mistakes? And then what can we learn from those particular things that happen to us? So mistakes are always going to happen, whether you plan it, whether it's unplanned or whatnot, but how you look at that mistake and how you learn the lesson is what's going to be vital to set you up for that success. Like, for example, we make mistakes whenever somebody tells us to do something. We may not necessarily do it the way that person wants us to do it, whether we're an employee or maybe we're in business and we're in entrepreneurship and we start doing something. We're going to have those failures. Those failures could be a mistake because we we had the information, but we didn't follow the playbook kind of like um Let's use football, for example. They know what plays they're, they're supposed to run in order to, you know, score that touchdown. But if they mess up in that play, that's a mistake. But if they would have followed that playbook to the T, they would have made that touchdown and scored if they didn't have any interference. 
So when you think about mistakes, can you say that you haven't make, made a mistake? I don't think no one on this planet can say that they've never made a mistake in life. And I like to take ownerships of the mistakes that you made because if you don't take ownerships, then you're in denial. And anything that is denial or cover up will not get healed and you will not be able to learn and grow from it, whether that is personally or professionally. Just realize that a mistake is a mistake and it's going to teach you something, whether you want it or not. But be open minded to learn because if you're not learning, you're not growing. So I could say one of the mistakes that I've made, but it actually worked out for my good is going around my supervisors and I went not to my supervisor I went to the head at the time which was the vice president and I asked him can you tell me the difference between my degree which is supply chain and logistics and technology versus an industrial engineer depending on what college you went to the degrees are the same thing so help me understand why I'm being laid off because I feel like my degree is exactly an industrial engineer. So if you look at the degree plan, was that was that right? No, because there's a chain of command whenever you are working in oil and gas and whenever you are working for Fortune 500 companies, they want you to go to your manager. And if your manager can't answer it, then you go to HR or another represent, representative. Then you go to the VP. But I was like, oh no, he said he has an open door policy. So if his door is open, and that's the policy. I'm going to go through that open door because the access is already granted, right? That was a mistake um, because she started to be really ugly and nasty to me. And y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, Genesis, you know, the Lord is still working on me. I say progression over perfection. And some days I'm half holy and other days I'm half hood, depending on what day you catch me on. <laughs> but I have to give myself grace and mercy. And I don't mean hood like, you know, in the ratchet way. I mean, like, I may say something that's sarcastic that may bruise your ego or your feelings, but it needed to be said. And the truth is the truth. Whether you like it or not, that could be a mistake, too. But anywho, I learned that day that you follow the chain of command so you don't suffer the repercussions. Because had it been me and I was a supervisor, I would want someone to respect me enough to have that open conversation with me, to feel like they could come to me and ask that question without worrying that they're going to get a cop-out answer. Mm, mm, that's a good point. You bring actually bring up a quite a few points um, in that story. Um, the first one I want to hit on, though, is, you know, my background's in HR. And I actually, um, mm, not all companies, when they say open door policy, they really mean open door policy. <laughs> and Genesis is a great example of that because um, I actually was quoted in an article about that not too long ago. Um, but it's so true. Sometimes, you know, companies are like, oh, yeah, we have an open door policy and this, that and the other. But as soon as you misstep, it's like or not even misstep, you actually take them up on their offer, then it's a problem. So so um, I say that to say, <laughs> um, please, if you are like in a corporation, 
um, learn from Genesis, um, even though you should be able to go to whoever you want to go to um, with an open door policy. Unfortunately, it's not the case um, in some situations. So you kind of just have to look at the company culture and see what's going to fly. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it just gave me flashbacks to HR. <laughs> Um, but also, also, with that being said, a closed mouth also does not get fed. So at the end of the day, you have to take these types of risks because you'll never know what's going to happen as a result. Like, let's say, for instance, they truly had an open door policy and you, you know, brought up your concerns to the VP that may have been able to give you a um, pay raise. Like you never know, but you don't know unless you try. And my thing is you fail early and you fail often. If you try it, like I know back in my HR career, I made a little misstep because I sent out like a employee survey, you know, seeing what they thought about the benefits and all this stuff and all that. And um, my supervisor was like, Tiffany, like you shouldn't have done that because now what if you can't deliver on all of these things that they're griping about? And I said, hmm, that is a very good point <laughs> because I do not make the rules around here. But I was just trying to get a pulse of what I was walking into, you know, because I was new and I was there for employee engagement. Um, but I wouldn't have known that wouldn't have been the right thing to do until I did it. So you know, even though sometimes you might, you know, get a little slap on the hand or what have you, um, I feel like it's still worth the risk um, because the reward might be even greater. Now, did it pay off in either one of our situations? No, but <laughs> we were able to learn from it, you know, and I feel like like we were saying, that's part of the journey. Absolutely. And just like that old school song that says, if you don't succeed, dust yourself off and try again. She said old school. Now you sound like the kids. That old school. <laughs> when it's like the 90s. Anyway, um, I feel so old. All right. So but um, let me get back on track. So anyway, I also wanted to hit on one more topic um, in this conversation. And it kind of builds on what we just talked about, too. And that's collaborating. Like, um, one thing that I feel like a lot of people, well, not one thing, another thing, because I already said one thing, <laughs> we on like the third thing now. But another thing that I feel like people struggle with is collaboration. Um, so do you have any tips for us around how to collaborate with others and what the benefits of that it is or are? Yes, absolutely. So I like to say collaboration is not the new competition. Collaboration is the new synergy, meaning that we're building partnerships and we're going further versus trying to go fast by ourselves. And whenever you begin to collaborate with someone, make sure that you have some commonalities that you can build upon. Um, also, whenever you think about collaboration, think about how are you adding value to that individual, but how is that individual adding value to you? So y'all could both have those mutual gains and it's not one-sided. And I think whenever both people feel like they're gaining something out of the collaboration, it's really going to promote the effectiveness, whether it's the effective communication, the effective working relationship, 
and the overall report. And you should see collaboration as a way to build and nurture a relationship because you don't want to just collaborate with someone one time. You want to nurture that so that person could refer you to other people or you could refer them to other people. Like prime example, what Tiffany and I are doing right now is collaborating. I've had her in my ecosystem. She's been on Gem's podcast and now I'm on her podcast and we're really collaborating by talking about subject matters that we both have various perspectives on, but we're bridging those perspectives and merging them together in order to bring the awareness to her community to educate and just really engage in a fluid conversation. Another way um, I see with collaboration is getting away from the with them method, which is what's in it for me. And instead of the me, I would say, change the me for we, what's in it for we, and then get outside of that crabs in the barrel mentality. There is more than enough room at the table, more than enough seats for us all to sit down, break bread and have a nice meal. And I'd say, if you think about all the successful millionaires, billionaires, and trillionaires, they did not build their empire or their conglomerates alone. They collaborated with key people who had other skills that they can leverage, but they brought those skills to the table. And now look at them now. Elon Musk, um, Beyonce, she's collaborated with a few people. Um, Look at Bill Gates. We have... Some other people, um, Tyler Perry, people didn't know that he was homeless. He was living in his car, but he never gave up on his dreams. And another part of collaboration is making sure that you don't settle for less and you don't second guess yourself because somebody doesn't see your worth or value. That just means that they're not the right person to collaborate with. So take that, take that ticket. No, take that licking, but keep on ticking or just understand where are you drumming your beat? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You hit on so many good points in that that spiel, um, especially the crabs in the barrel mentality. Um, I know when I was early in doing this because I didn't have any financial, you know, anything under my belt, certifications, degrees, whatever. And there was a local financial advisor that called me. He was like, are you Tiffany? And I was like, yes, I am. He was like, well, my name is such and such. And I'm a financial advisor, like pretty much like I'm above you type thing. And so me, I was like, well, maybe we can collaborate. Maybe you can write on my blog or, you know, whatever for some, you know, uh, visibility. And he just saw me as competition. And even still to this day, and I just don't understand, but I'm like, unfortunately, we probably could have did great things together, like whether we hosted events together or what have you. But it's just that sometimes people have that mentality. Um, and especially in the financial field, I've found because it's it's very um, competitive um, and salesy, like on one side of it. So um, unfortunately, that was never a thing. But like you were saying, you kind of have to know where people are in your life. Like not everybody is going to be able to collaborate with you or see the potential in what you have going on, but that's also why it's not their vision. It's yours. Um, so those are some excellent gems. (laughs) And that was like a little, um, (laughs) so that was a little play on words. Um, but Genesis, how could we find you? So you can head on over to my website, which is Genesis. That's G E N E S I S. 
Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, dot net. Um, all of my information is there. For those of you that are incubated in social media spaces, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Genesis Amaris Kemp. Twitter, it's Genesis A. Kemp. But most importantly, just head on over to my website. You'll find out my book information, my podcast, my internet-based radio that I do once a month, and then some of the other things that I'm doing. And I also want to give you three free gifts. The first one is a free chapter of my book, which is the first chapter of Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace. So you'll get the first chapter of my book for free. And then the second... Um, the second product is a health assessment. And the reason why I'm focusing on health is because how can you um, have acquired wealth and you have that wealth, but you don't have optimal health to enjoy the wealth that you've acquired? You need to get your health in alignment so you could really enjoy the fruits of your labor. So do a self audit on yourself and ask yourself, Am I healthy and is it promoting longevity? And out of the longevity that it's promoting, am I going to really be able to spend the wealth that I have acquired or am I just saving to pass this down to people who didn't even work as hard as I did? And the third one is a um, health sample product by the Kiani brand. So it's called Sunrise, which it has all your super fruits and super nutrients in one pack. So it will definitely give you that boost of energy. You could use it if um, no matter what your health conditions are. And it's unlike a five hour energy. I say it builds you up, but you do not come crashing down like a five hour energy. And how many of us have popped those energy drinks and we were high as a kite, but then we're like, man, I'm so sluggish because of what you put into your body. So if you put good nutrients and food into your body, you're going to have optimal results. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I was not expecting any freebies. So I'm like, I'm excited myself. Um, So I will make sure if you didn't catch any of that, I will have it in the show notes. I'll have all the links in there. Please go follow Genesis. I love her podcast. Like she said, I was a guest um, and it's just dropping so many gems. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Tiffany. And community, you better lock in with Tiffany and secure those financial tips. So you won't be broke. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient. <laughs>